just want to keep calling you Chuck. I feel like, I feel like it's fitting. I watched the, the TNT has a documentary on uh, the NBA show. And I watched the Charles Barkley one last night. I'm like, you are Charles Barkley. Like, say what you want. You don't give two Fs. Like, you are who you are. You were Chuck. I'm good with that. So what, what are we doing today? Is this all about growth? I love I love that you never want to, like, mess around on these things. People <laughs> love our personality. No, it's valuable time. I mean, Let's go. I, I do appreciate the Chuck comments, though. All right, good. All right, so today we're, what we're talking about, um, and you can read it in our bottom thoughts in our email. So our video usually is up in here and it's down there uh, if you go to our email. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna work through an exercise of if the task at hand is to double the business in the next year, what do we do to make that happen versus saying this can't happen? So let's, uh, let's, get, it, let's get after it. Let me play the opening. I'm just kidding. Fran Funnies, brought to you by Nick Piles. Um, okay, so here's the deal. I think, and, and, and I understand why CEOX comes up and says, we need 20 units next year. And we're, our knee-jerk reaction is like, ugh, that's going to be tough. But I think we need to flip the switch and, and almost go a half-full approach of, okay, let's back this up and say, how are we going to do this? So, and, and this isn't just a franchise brand. This could be you're a franchise broker and you want to increase your deals next year. This could be a supplier and you want to increase your, your new business next year, like, like Charles and I. Um, this could be a franchisor saying, I want to accelerate growth. So to frame this, um, we worked with a brand. They had five open units, uh, private equity backed. Uh, they came to us and said, we want 50 deals next year. And and that's the moment that the, the pause of, all right, how are we going to do this? You have five open units. We need 50 deals and you're about a $4 million investment. Okay, we're going to need somewhere between $25,000 and $50,000 per deal from a budget standpoint. We're going to take this million to million and a half, and then we're going to figure out how we're going to deploy it, and we're confident we can we can get you your, your 50 deals. And the reality is they end up signing north of 70 uh, of a big, big investment because we were able to nail the persona. So if someone's coming to you, Charles, and saying, all right, we're going to double – Internical law firm in the next year, how do you go about doing it? Like, what are the steps to say before you say, no, this can't be done? What are the steps to say, yes, we can do this? Yeah, I just go back to the great return, right? Our friend development conference. And one of the, the top items we had on there was evaluate your growth assets, right? So, at, you know, we... You know, we think about it, too, in, in, in exercises of, hey, five years from now, we're sitting down with private equity, even as a franchise law firm, right? What's the valuation? What's the multiple? And what things would push the multiple higher, right? So if we're evaluating growth resources, we're talking about a franchise brand. I mean, I know things that you'll mention right out of the gate, you know, franchisee validation, is that an asset? 
you know, what does that look like? Um, your financial performance reps, right? Your unit level economics, either that's an asset or not, right? Key assets, validation, unit level economics. What do those growth assets look like? What does your web properties look like? You know, your brand development, your brand story. What do your conversion funnels look like? Right. So I think those are all initial assets. In fact, I had this conversation an hour ago and, you know, the board was talking about 150 units. Right. So I think those are at base level. We need to assess those growth assets. Right. I think those are the basic ones you have to start with. Yeah. And probably. Well, let's let let's let's go one step further and then we can go back. But uh, capital. Oftentimes, uh, call, call it a franchisor is going to say, you know, average annual marketing spend is $200,000 for argument's sake. Uh, and the reality is, in my opinion, if it would cost you $200,000 to open up one unit and you know what that one unit would produce, now all of a sudden you can start doing some math behind this of do I want to spend $200,000 and open up one location? Uh, that could kick off fifty thousand dollars a year. So over the course of the next ten years, could be worth, you know, five hundred thousand dollars to me. Or do I want to spend that two hundred? Try to get ten deals that each kick off fifty thousand dollars in royalty a year. Uh, that all of a sudden is worth five million dollars. So, and, and that that was that was very simplistic math. It probably doesn't work out to that. It's it's going to be greatly more when you get franchisees involved that are are producing. But you need to come to the table with the capital. Now, I think I think some emerging brands get get scared about spending the money, partly because there are no guarantees. It's not like I spend X and I get Y, so that that's scary. Um, and secondly, um, how do we spend that money in the most effective way that we're actually going to get the right people in that can grow uh, with my brand? So I think all the fundamental things you said, Charles, are important. Um, but your business or my business, I, I, I do feel like the, the levers end up being similar. What is what is our vision and our leadership? Are we leveraging them uh, and putting money against that story? Um, what is our product? And are we showing a point of differentiation in the marketplace? Are we putting money or effort against that story? Uh, what's, our, what's our cost or ROI? So for a business like your or mine, it's, it's what impact can we have back to the businesses that we represent? For franchisor, it could be this is the the top line and the bottom line money that you're going to make. Um, where can I open or where, where do I, where do I market? Like the reality is if you and I are taking our businesses and saying, what is the pathway of least resistance? It's taking our highest level referrals and marketing in a concentric circle around where they are. So if your biggest referral is, is Nick in Chicago and you spend your digital advertising around me in Chicago and, and knowing that I'm going to tell every franchisor to come work with you, now all of a sudden you know that you have a referral in that marketplace and you can leverage to try to get more people interested in using your services. It's the same thing. And then that validation piece ends up being critical, whether you're a supplier or you're a franchisor. So when you start looking at those five buckets and you now say, what, what time and money am I spending each of these? Now you can start saying, how do I get enough lift to get things going? And the last thing, then I'll shut up. I know I talk too much. Um, Last thing that I think on the merging side, they get a little bit nervous about a bigger budget. So say your investment's 200,000, you're gonna put 200,000 into development. Where am I gonna get $200,000 today to spend? It's not spend it today. You can definitely take the even approach, divide 200 by 12 months and put it against every month. 
Or you could take a little bit less than that. Say you want to put in $50,000 to start as a baseline. And then every time you award a deal or every time Charles and I sign a new client, you put a little bit more money into the marketing kitty so that you can have more scale and spend. So there's a way to do this that if the task at hand is double the business, it's not a no. It's that we have to go back to looking at the buckets and we have to get to spending the right amount of money. Yeah. So... <laughs> There's so many things here. Um, even if you have the capital, if you didn't go over those growth assets and really build them up, you're going to waste your capital, right? Or you're just going to churn like everyone else with low ROI. Usually I don't, look for emerging brands, they do have a capital issue. They don't understand the capital that needs to go in. However, I think even before an emerging brand gets to the capital problem, they have a problem with the brand positioning, right? They think they're differentiated somehow, but not deeply. And then the bigger brands where the board is saying, hey, we have capital. Why aren't we doing 100, 200 units? It's not a capital issue, right? It's we, we really need our team to do a deep dive into the brand. We may need to do some legwork. This year may not be the 100-unit year because this year may be a reset to rebuild unit-level economics for franchisees, right? And along the way, tell that rebuilding story and get the validation unit-level economics up. So two different worlds. I mean, I have a client today where capital is not the issue. They want 100-something units. My thought there is, is it's not spending money. It's, it's solidifying the system, you know, stabilizing it at the unit level. The emerging brands, I've seen them bounce, right? It's, it's what appears to be the most cost-effective option. And what's going to happen is emerging brands, they get franchise fatigue. They get burnt out. They go to, say, a show that's promising a max. That doesn't work. They bounce to a broker organization. It's nothing wrong with the broker organization, but you know their their drill sheet doesn't work. Their presentation doesn't work. They bounce, right? Then they jump to a PR company. They churn a little there, then they bounce. And at the end, and I see it, at the end of 24 months, we've spent a ton of money. We've gotten no results and we have no renewable assets, meaning we didn't dive into the brand and the stuff we were supposed to do. Right. And, and so that, that's how I see it, but there's so many growth assets that, that are, are inexpensive to build, but not being built. Yeah. Just a few things to unpack. One is uh, we, we had a prospect and they came to us and said, we're looking to make a switch on our agency. Uh, and uh, it's a great, let's talk through it. Give them the, the pitch and they go, Oh, you're, you're more expensive than everybody else. I'm like, well, how many agencies have you had in the last, you know, five years? They go, I mean, we've used pretty much everybody. I'm like, you hear what you're saying? So I get it. Like you take the most cost-effective way, but a whole bunch of cost-effective ways with solutions that probably are, are very much a crapshoot, put you in a place where you're down a lot of money and you got nothing to show for it. But, but Nick, let's, because... Let's use your scenario that you just brought up, right? Because I could empathize with it. I've like, I have so many thoughts where, you know, brands come to us and like just want to speak and have great things to say. And right. And then the fees and, and I know the fees are very, very uh, cost effective for them. And so I almost want to blame them. 
like you just did. And it's a habit. But what I would challenge you, and I need to challenge myself, I need to do a much better job of it. I'll challenge all those brands out there. Own, like, and you do, I know we have the conversations. The fact that they're churning through PR companies or law firms means, you know, as they churn through, I've, I've, you know, they love us, want to sign up, great, and then they don't, and it's the fee. That's a failure on my part, right? Because I'm not truly communicating that differentiator and, and demonstrating it. Now, not everyone's going to be a good fit, but I would say we're dropping the ball on demonstrating that quality, that, you know, for someone who's never worked with us, we're dropping the ball there, or at least that's how we should assume the problem is. Look, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Franchise brands, you're not missing out on deals because you're not, you know, brokers aren't being fair to you or digital marketing's too expensive or PR is too expensive. You're missing out on deals because you and your team haven't rolled up your sleeves to do the hard work to really figure out what your brand is about and rolled up your sleeves to go over every month important KPIs with your franchisees to drive those growth factors. So like you can't blame anyone. I, I agree with parts of that. When there's, if there's a client that comes into a supplier's business, yours, mine, or someone that's listening to this, and it fails, there is responsibility that needs to be put back on the business that did we onboard them correctly or did we qualify the candidate right? Same with a franchisor when they make a mistake on a franchisee. Similar Similarities in there. One is obviously a, more of a marriage. Ours is like, like a dating app. Um, but for brands that are like, we've cycled through 10 attorneys or we cycled through 10 agencies, maybe it's not that you got bad agencies or bad law firms. Maybe it's that your expectations are misaligned and the outcomes that you're hoping for are rainbows and unicorns and it, your brand's just not set up for it. There are brands that, I mean, you take every press release five years ago about the number of brands that would have 500 or a thousand units by now. And you have a giant stack of releases that talked about this big fat story that never came to fruition. Uh, are those lies? No, I mean, the reality is, it's like, it, it is the like me. Uh, you could look at a Subway or a Quiznos, or Five Guys, brands that had explosive perceived growth. And that creates, a, that creates hope. Like there's our unicorn. We saw that they can do it. Why can't we do it? Our product tastes so much better. Our franchisees are so much happier. Well, maybe, but you got to understand at some point they put every resource against this, both correcting their mistakes, um, enhancing their teams, uh, fixing their, their growth models, advancing their technologies. And the investment was so heavy that eventually the snowball hits. And when the snowball hits, what, what all these franchisors miss is that's when private equity is willing to pay redonkulous uh, uh, fees or prices for you. Like the, the multiples are so crazy because you put in the effort, the time, the money, the sweat, the tears, and now it gets rolling. So the point is, my belief is any brand could have a, a significant growth year in 2022 
but those work that work has to start now over the next six months you are building foundational elements you are stackpiling your cash to deploy it uh, we're talking about uh, inflation right now and the stock market could potentially crash at some point like there's a bubble happening so as much as I would have advised you to push down the pedal last year which I think you were smart to do it there is this pile of human beings building up for every business, mine, Charles is yours. Like spend the next six months and redo what happened last year. Use it as a way and keep keep the what, the faucet going, but use it as an opportunity to reposition your brand so that you can punch it uh, in 2022. We're having those conversations now, which at the end of Q2 this year, um, we speak to our clients about what they are 20, 22 item 19 is going to look like. And the reason we don't wait till the end of the year is because if we could start identifying KPIs and important metrics, you have the rest of the year to focus on that and gather data. So, you know, 2022, in my opinion, starts on June 30th. That's from June 30th to then your brand positioning, your validation, what your item 19 is going to look like, your management team, that's when all the work goes in. It's all the pregame for 2022. So I, I think there's a lot that could be done there. So the the subject line was, if I had a million dollars, I mean, Bare Naked Lady said, if I had a million dollars, I'd buy your love. How about if you have a million dollars, you're gonna buy the growth that you want next year, right? If you're not ready, you're gonna waste a million, right? It's another, I mean, that's a fair point. Like. Well, okay. think about it. So I'm going to have, I'll spend a million dollars on pay-per-click ads, digital marketing, PR. But if the heart of my system, yeah. right, how, I could go spend a million dollars on telling everyone we're a great law firm. That's going to mean nothing to 95% of the franchisors out there. 96%. All right, 96 but the point is like, and the point of us talking through this is just to get your brain thinking yep. that whatever you want to accomplish, go back and look at your fundamentals and figure out how you're going to deploy and amplify that message, right? Yeah. And Nick too, I, I mean, for our community, we do have the great return uh, workbook and, and other things, which is a private workbook. But if you're a client and you're listening to this, Talk to us because we have some great resources that came out of that um, conference. If you have topics you want us to address, uh, put them in the comments below. We're, we're kind of faking it until we make it so we can build up <laughs> uh, this content. So uh, we're here. We're, we're, we're just a part of the community. We are not the community. We are a part of it. Uh, that's it. Have a great rest of the weekend and week. And see you next week. This is Fran X.